Thank you for listening to the Highlander Podcast, where we have conversations about the past, present, and future of the outdoor industry. Thanks to Utah State University's Outdoor Product Design and Development Program for making it possible and for training the future product leaders of the outdoor industry. Learn more about the program at opdd.usu.edu. The Highlander Podcast is sponsored by the Outdoor Recreation Archive, a collaboration between OPDD and USU Special Collections to preserve the history and print materials of the people, products, and brands of the outdoor industry. Follow the archive at Outdoor Rec Archive on Instagram. The Highlander Podcast is sponsored by the Utah Outdoor Association, a business association focused on elevating Utah's outdoor industry through educational programming and events. Their membership consists of Utah's outdoor manufacturers, retailers, outfitters, and guides. Member benefits include networking opportunities, recruitment of talent, and brand promotion. More information about volunteering and membership is available at utahoutdoor.org. On this episode, Catherine Acosta, brand archivist for Vans, speaks at the 2022 Outdoor History Summit about why history matters and the creation and growth of the Vans archive. For context, Catherine's presentation is very visual, and she references a lot of photographs and imagery. If you'd like to see those things, you can watch the full presentation on the Outdoor Product Design and Development YouTube channel. So History Matters, Creating the Vans Archive. Um, This is one of Vans' most historic uh, photographs, and I would say it's kind of a overlooked iconic photograph, historic photograph of the brand. Um, We've used this photo many times to sort of speak about Vans' origin story. Um, This photograph is from sometime around 1965 to 66. Um, I give the the date slightly before 66, which is the year that the company was founded originally as the Van Dorn Rubber Company. Because as you can see here in this photograph, there's no branding on the actual storefront. This, what you're looking at, is actually the first Vans retail store in Anaheim, California, along with the original factory and warehouse. It was all there on one site. This is a building that still exists today, but is not has been not used or occupied by Vans in many years. Um, it was sold in the early 1980s. And this was a particular photo, too, that had come to me when I started initially as sort of a researcher and intern with the company in 2018 that I was trying to to find more information on, which included really finding the actual physical photograph, which I was able to locate. So just to give some quick background about my role at Vans and how the archive started was that I came in in 2018 as an intern finishing up graduate school at Parsons School of Design. I was doing an MA in history of design and curatorial studies, not specifically geared toward fashion history or footwear per se, but I had already been exposed to that and been doing work at Parsons that sort of overlapped um, with the subject matter in terms of sort of material culture. Um, With that, this brief internship, uh, 
really sort of quickly spearheaded into a full-time position at Vans. And that led me to doing, again, some more further digging as to how the history of the company had been told. And what you're looking at here is actually a copy of Vans' 50th anniversary book. The brand celebrated its 50th anniversary in 2015, so about three years prior to my role um, being developed. And this was sort of one of the most definitive resources in terms of really sharing some of the key origin stories about the business history, product history, um, not just sort of the really old stuff from the 60s and 70s, but also more recent history. However, as I started to work with this material and start to gather all the sort of primary and secondary sources of the company, speaking to its history, I found that a lot of it was really anecdotal and there wasn't too much primary sources to sort of um, support some of these things, which led to more digging and just really in my development of the archive, really putting research as a very important um, focus in sort of the development of it. And as you can see here on the bottom left-hand side, you see that original photograph that I showed you of 704 East Broadway, the first retail store and location in Anaheim. Um, in 2019, I came on full-time on board. I was living in New York City, relocated back to California, Southern California, where I'm originally from. And this is a photograph of me at our big town hall meeting in December 2019 with Doug Palladini, our former brand president, and Steve Van Dorn, our VP and ambassador of events and promotions, who is the son of Paul Van Dorn, the founder of Vans. Um, the family had sold the company in the 1980s, but Steve and many other members of the family continue to work for the brand. Um, this photograph <laughs> was really one of the most formal moments I actually put together um, to really celebrate and talk about the archive that we had started it. There I am holding the original physical photograph um, of 704 East Broadway because prior to me coming there, no one really knew if we had the photo. It had just been digitized and reproduced over the years. It was in a sort of um, unorganized photo collection that Steve had um kept um, in his office. So, you know, little moments like this, um, really sort of taking them to honor them for the company became a big thing. And remember, there was no archive prior. So this was my formal announcement to several hundred people at our corporate headquarters in Costa Mesa, California, that we were doing this. And this is what our campus looks like in Costa Mesa. I show this to you to give some reference to some of the actual logistical things of putting together an archive. Um, the company had actually moved to this site in Costa Mesa, which is in Orange County, which is about 30, 40 miles south of Los Angeles, um, because historically they'd been based in Orange County. Um, this was a building that was outfitted by Rap Design, who also did VF's headquarters, our parent company in Denver more recently. Um, Vance moved in here in 2017. And so when I joined in 2018, 2019, it was relatively new. It's a very, very modern campus. It really does sort of showcase sort of key storytelling moments for the brand as well. But the reality of actually starting an archive in that beautiful space is that it really looks like this. <laughs> so when I came on board, as I mentioned, there was no formal organization in place in terms of even putting a collection together. So that was sort of the first task. And I would say I'm still very much in this mode of sort of the discovery phase of the archive, um, which is sort of hunting and gathering uh, things that have been held on to by the brand, by whether various departments internally 
or our long-term employees and sort of beginning to put that together and form a collection. With that too comes a lot of sort of collecting more recent product um, and memorabilia from the brand um, of the last sort of, you know, 20 years and sort of starting to put together a larger sort of narrative and flesh out what a fuller collection that reflects the entire company's history looks like. It's not just the old product. Um, And this is, it is improved slightly from these photos that you see right here, but this is actually kind of what I am still working with in terms of getting formal space at the company and should be reminded that I joined it. I joined Vans formally in July, 2019, and then the pandemic hit about eight months later. So resources, uh, prioritizing physical collections work has really not been an easy task to do under this sort of climate. Um, I've made some great improvements, but and I am getting a more a larger space uh, that hopefully will be built out to sort of archival museum standards with you know proper um, storage and sort of rehousing things properly too for conservation preservation purposes. Um, but that is all very slow ongoing work, and I have been for the last ten months working with a vendor to support me with that sort of uh, collections management work. Um, The archive really was sort of initiated by our footwear department at Vans Global Office. Um, This is an image of Neil Shoemaker, one of our senior skate designers, and the shoes that he's holding here are actually um, items that he has donated to the archive that he'd been possession of in terms of being designed resources for him. Um, He's been with Vans for about over 10 years, and this is just a great example of many of the designers I've worked with and sort of these sort of key micro collections that they've put together and how helpful it's been and also in sort of working with people like Neil and other designers at Vans to really get their connoisseurship and level of product knowledge and how these old USA-made products from Vans um, have informed current day uh, iterations of our classic shoes. So a little bit about our collection. (laughs) Um, These are some really beautiful uh, fully realized photos of some key uh, items from our collection, including that pair of early 1980s slip-ons with the early tropical print that you saw Neil um, holding, um, along with uh, two mid-1980s uh, um, products, a skate high and a duffel bag using the sweet leaf motif. This is, a, I would say, one of Van's um, sort of more subversive, iconic, historic prints that has been sort of reissued by the brand over the over the years. It's actually called, um, it's sometimes referred to as a palm print or other names. Um, and again, it's sort of it's supposed to be a palm leaf, but it also has suggestiveness of an other type of leaf. Um, and on the other image there of the white authentics, that is Van's uh, sort of earliest and key iconic silhouette, which is originally was designed to be a deck shoe. So in terms of our product history, Van's has been very much rooted in sort of Southern California lifestyle and sport, not in the sort of mainstream conventional sense, but through boating and then obviously skateboarding, which I'll talk about a little bit more. Um, another key item of our collection is uh, this pair of limited edition 1982 Fast Times at Richmond High shoes. Um, the really the significance with this is not only is it an early an early 80s example of the checkerboard slip-on, which has become sort of a pop culture icon and within fashion and for Vans particularly, but it's connected to the movie Fast Times at Richmond High, which is a cult classic about teenagers in Southern California, and most notably Sean Penn's character as a sort of archetypal stoner who really wears the checkerboard slip-on and like bangs himself on the head with it, does all these key things. The slip-on becomes a real prop in the film through Sean Penn's character of of Jeff Spicoli. 
this was a sort of big moment and I would still honor it as a big moment within Van's design history and overall business history in that the film used the slip-ons and Van's just sort of supplied it to them. And it really sort of took off beyond the brand's expectations at the time. And at that time, they were more just uh, still really rooted in Southern California, had some national exposure, but there were no Van stores outside of California. They were sold in third-party stores. But this particular piece coming to our collection was acquired by me once I got there. We've done reissues of it, and it was just a really celebratory moment to bring this in for us. Um, other examples of footwear in our collection, um, just to give some variety, include uh, more recent uh, pieces, including uh, the work of Takahayashi, who's one of our Vans designers who designs under his own name, um, under our vault category, which was started in 2003. Uh, Taka really does a lot of material plays, but is very, very cognizant of heritage and sort of the design language of Vans. So this piece shows a sort of uh, modification of a skate high silhouette more attuned to a chukka boot that Vans historically has produced using Vans iconic side stripe. Um, the other shoe you see here is the Vans Old School, formerly known as Style 36, which was Vans' second skateboard shoe designed in 1977. Um, what's special about this pair is that it's quite an older pair and the form, even though we make the shoe today, it has gone through several tweaks and sort of variations over time if you look through these silhouettes over the decades. And the metal piece I'm holding there of the side stripe is actually an original pattern from our factory that was gifted to me by a long-term employee for our collection. Um, I haven't actually shared that out publicly at Vans yet, but I've gotten a couple key items such as the side stripe that originally belonged to the first pattern maker at Vans, who we could sort of attribute to designing uh, our initial skate shoes, such as the old school. His name was George Greenwood. And that has been a, <laughs> a big point of research for me that I've only been able to dig up a little bit of information from him. But the side stripe pattern you see there um, was inherited by an employee who's still with the company who had started in the early 90s, who worked under another employee um, who worked in the factories. They both worked in the factories back in the late 80s, early 90s. And this was inherited from George, who had already been an older man at that time. Um, another key piece of footwear in our collection that recently came in, I was really proud of this. And this just sort of speaks to, you never know where you're going to find old vans, was that I'm a volunteer at a historic house museum in Southern California. And one of the fellow docents that I work with um, had worked with vans in the early 1980s, about 1980, 1981, with vans doing commercials for them. These commercials are very niche and obscure. They were only uh, broadcasted here on local Southern California networks for not that long. Um, this was right before Vans went into bankruptcy in 1984. So the longevity of these commercials um, sort of lasting beyond that. That's why they're not so popular um, and sort of faded out. But she was gifted this pair of shoes, which was under this brief product franchise called Vans Country Western from the president of the brand, who was Jimmy Van Doren, uh, the, the lead founder's brother, who was running the company at this time. And she gifted these back to the archive. Um, this is one of many examples I have just through sort of my general outreach and letting people know both internally and externally that we're, we are collecting things. I buy stuff back regularly for the brand, but I've also been given wonderful donations such as this from Anne, who really was just happy to give it back to its original home and really sort of respected my role in trying to preserve and advocate for history and preservation at Vans. I mean, we're both docents at a historic house museum, so I think we both have an affinity for history and objects. 
And then here's another uh, piece of, of Taka's work that's in the archive. And again, just sort of shows more contemporary versions of Vans, also Vans sort of penchant for collaboration. This is a collaboration that Vans did with Pendleton. We've had an ongoing relationship with Pendleton informally since the late 1960s, actually. And in more recent years, we've done formal ones with them. And this sort of, again, showcases sort of more innovative material plays and really uh, more fashion forward looking stuff and also heritage based um, design language in that the outsole that you see here flipped on Taka's shoe with the orange stripe, that's actually modeled off of our one of our original boat shoes, which was a site sort of, it's very topsider-like shoe that Vans had been producing since the 1960s. And sometimes the design language from that gets incorporated very frequently in current designs. Another key thing in our collection has been um, a sub-collection called the Gail Ovenell Collection. Um, this is an image of a box. Gail Ovenell was a former employee of Vans. She worked as a store manager and then a district manager in the 1970s. When she passed away in the early 2000s, she gifted this sort of time capsule, which you see right here, back to Steve Van Doren. And we have the original letter from her, her, her children who were reaching out to Steve saying that Gail had passed away. She was quite old. She was already in her 80s or 90s and that she really wanted this to come back to the company. Um, prior to me coming on board, I don't think many, certainly there's been no announcement about this coming back to the company and nobody there to really look at it from a researcher's standpoint. Steve just sort of had it. Some of the historic photographs had been digitized and been used, but this wasn't too, too long. This was less than 10 years since the archive was founded in 2019 that this box had come back. But this has become a really incredible research tool for us at the brand and really really gives us a good glimpse of what was going on with the brand in the 1970s, which specifically in the late 70s was a really important moment from 1976 to 1980 for Vans because that's when we designed our first skateboard shoe, the era, and then all of its sort of sister shoes after the old school skate high and slip on, which we now um, refer to as our classics and have been in line at Vans for you know 40 plus years now. So this collection really gave insight to uh, sales numbers at Vans, how the retail employees were working. Um, this is a photo of uh, a collection of internal newsletters that Gail had held on to from about 1977 to 1980. Um, this has been, again, a very invaluable research tool for me to sort of begin to look at this and compare it to all the anecdotal stories that have been told about the brand, our ads, hunting and gathering, all this information, and trying to make a more clear narrative of the development of our off-the-wall product franchise and product. And also another key point of Vans history that has been often overlooked um, is that we were one of the first American footwear companies to do direct-to-consumer retail in the 1960s. This collection of newsletters, which were written for our retail employees at the time really does just demonstrate how important direct-to-consumer retail was for Vans, how all of our stores in Southern California were not only catering to their local communities, but had their own sort of grassroots marketing strategies as well. Um, in Gail's collection and along with um, other collections that sort of existed um, in, the, in the company that I've sort of brought together was this early advert, which is a postcard. It's double-sided it, and it's from the late 1960s. 
and the ancestry produces over the years, but I don't think we've done a lot of good storytelling and really pointing out that the focus of this was that one of the innovations bands had at the time when it was started in the 1960s was because it was not only its own uh, retail retailer, was also its own manufacturer of vulcanized footwear. One of the big innovations was sort of creating custom-made shoes customers could come in and bring their own fabrics into the company. And that practice actually lasted up until the 1990s. It was most advertised in the 60s and 70s. And I've been doing a lot of ongoing research to sort of flesh out that narrative more for the brand to not only be helpful for us from an internal perspective, but also to be integrated more into our consumer facing materials and to really start to plant the seed that we've been doing customs for much longer than any other, other other footwear company in the United States, and that it's a really unique uh, piece of, of fashion history, business history, and also should be a real point of pride for uh, us today. Um, also within the collection are other primary documents, such as an early 1980s catalog, which we hadn't seen many of, which is the image you see of the checkerboard slip-on. In addition to that was me receiving, um, or not receiving, but sort of finding, uh, once I came on board in 2019, uh, two binders of factory specs from the early 1980s when Vans was operate, owned and operated its own factories in Southern California. Um, they really, you know, just give, again, some insight to what was going on with our manufacturing manufacturing practice at that time, which has been long gone since the 1990s. But a lot of our old shoes, a lot of our collectors, a lot of our brand history really is focused on Vans' original um, manufacturing practice, that everything was handmade, that there was quality and materials, et cetera. And the, the spec sheets don't, don't go too in-depth at times, but they do just sort of give at least the language that the factory was using at the time, also citing the original uh, style names of the shoes, et cetera. So as I've already mentioned, research matters and contributing and collaborating since I've started the archive in 2019 has been really important. Um, and I just wanted to walk through why, why creating the archive and having my role has, what it has contributed so far. And this is just sort of a little real highlights. One was sort of coming in, again, I was coming from academia. So immediately finding, you know, secondary primary resources was just sort of key to understanding the company history. One was sort of coming uh, across many, many local newspaper advertisements, specifically in the 1960s, 70s, and 80s, when Vans was really, really localized to Southern California with their stores and seeing that the stores were taking out their own ads and newspapers. I was able to bring in several of those, but the one you're looking at here is from the 1970s, and it's talking about the arrival of Vans skateboard shoes. Um, this was March 18th. 1977. Um, and this was in a local paper in Van Nuys, California, um, and really just sort of highlighted the key moment for the brand, which was that it created its first skateboard shoe at this time. Um, with this research and sort of showing just sort of how nitty gritty I've gotten was sort of looking at very closely a lot of our historic photographs that we have, um, which are slowly being cataloged right now, but it's um, Priority has been more on product rather than our photos at this time. Um, but this is a photograph from Gail's collection and Steve Van Doren and uh, the family had a, their own collection of historic photos too. But this shows a former van store. It's dated from 1977. I believe this is from July 77. And as you can see here on the register on the counter, you see a copy of the magazine, Skateboard World. Zoom in here, you see it again. 
Um, this became really important because in the newsletters Gail um, gave to the company, there's mentions of our first advertisement being in a skateboard magazine at, in summer of 1977. And then this is the cover of that uh, magazine. It's Skateboard World. It's from June 1977. Um, it's the same magazine that you saw in the historic photograph. And here is the first Vans ad for our era, which is our first skateboard shoe, which was originally known as Style 95. This ad appeared in several issues of Skateboard World and include in addition to Skateboarder Magazine, which were two big skate magazines at the time. But the newsletters gave information that this was the first time the brand did its first national advertising campaign, um, gave a little bit of sort of the uh, some insight to the reception of the shoe that once this ad came out in Skateboard World here in June 77, that they got calls from all across the country uh, requesting to place the uh, order for uh, the skate shoe. Um, as you can see here, you could do it by mail order. So you didn't have to just go to a van store, which at this time are only in Southern California. So this was a really big research moment for the brand. And I formally presented this about two years ago to everybody at Vans headquarters. Um, and again, this is just sort of information that in creating the archive, doing this kind of research, we've been able to really understand our origin much better and from both the product, the business side, um, a cultural side, et cetera. Um, other contributions my work has made to the company so far was sort of helping most recently over the last year with a product franchise called, referred to as the Anaheim Factory. It is named after that first factory from that photograph I showed you, but I worked really closely with partners in our, our Europe region um, to really sort of do fine tuning to the storytelling, which included me taking on the extra role of being a copywriter for this, just because I was very... Um, um, excited to not only actually sort of clean up the story and clean up how we talked about this product, which is deeply inspired by our historic product and sort of uh, historic story uh, stories of the brand, but also make it as clear and possible, clear and concise for consumers and also sort of elevate the language in which we talk about. So just seeing here that original design models <laughs> is used in this general copy for the product franchise, some little things like that. Um, additionally, too, was that we did a reissue of a shoe um, this past spring um, in the Anaheim product uh, line that I hadn't been connected to the design team about it, but they had modeled the print, the anchor print that you see here off of this brochure. Um, this brochure is from 1973 and had been digitized at Vans and floating around, but had been really broken and piecemeal. Um, since I've been at the archive now and have been there, I actually was able to get a physical copy of it into our collection, which I was very grateful for, which is a donation from um, a woman. That's a whole other story, but it was just really great to have it completely there and to see that you know, to put together the historic document with this sort of reissue. And I would say this is a really inspired by reissue. Um, again, too, looking at more work from this is, again, uh, from this, this Anaheim factory uh, product franchise. And again, being more clear in our storytelling about the history of our shoes, such as the authentic um, and just sort of clearly writing that it debuted in 1966 at Vans um, and just sort of really going into how these shoes are modeled after archival examples, um, not from one particular period, but from many periods. And most recently with our current uh, ad campaign, Classic Since Forever, I contributed to an iteration of it done um, in several North American stores, which show literally some of the, the 
things that I had that hadn't been uh, known to Vance prior to the archives formation in 2019, such as that historic newspaper ad, photographs of archival objects. And this was done in collaboration with an agency. So there were a lot of partners and collaborators involved in this, but I was very happy to see that the sort of curation I put together of historic images and objects that were able to be used for this campaign really got actually used in a really, really meaningful and very, very lovely way. Um, and this really is just an example of how my work is slowly getting integrated into the brand and all the sort of behind the scenes stuff too, which is that image rights are a big thing. Any brand archivist will tell you that. And so I've learned a lot about what we can use, what we can't use. I've support not just our sort of marketing team and storytelling and product team and design, but support our legal team, support HR, support everything. Archives are really cross-functional in the business uh, in the business world. And I should also say too that with this, it seems like everything's really clean and perfect, but I've been advocating so much for more resources, time, help. Um, and you know, this has been a challenging time these last few years. So with that, just wanted to say thank you. And if anybody wants to get in touch afterwards, please uh, reach out to me um, on LinkedIn or on Instagram. My handle is bourgeois spirituality. So thank you. Thanks for listening to the Highlander podcast. For more conversations with outdoor leaders, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, watch episodes on the Outdoor Product Design and Development YouTube channel, or on opdd.usu.edu slash podcast. Follow along on Instagram at USU Outdoor Product and let us know how you're enjoying the show.